Hi everybody, welcome to the show. I'm really excited to be crossing over to Nigeria, to Lagos, talking to Bobola on Inua CSI. He's got a great story. He is one of the leading color graders in Africa. He's been grading feature films. He's just done a Netflix series. I really wanted to get an idea of what it's like in Lagos. Sit back, grab a cold drink or a hot drink, depending on what time of day it is, and enjoy. Ready to have some fun? If you look inside it, you can see every possible color. Hey, Bobble Up, welcome to the Color Tour podcast. Thank you, Warren. It's a pleasure to be here. You are my first colorist coming from Nigeria and also my first from Africa. Wow. So, uh, <laughs> welcome. Now, I want to jump straight in and go, right, so you're coming from Lagos, yeah, correct? Yes. And so, because I'm going to say right now, I've been to Africa, I've been to Zimbabwe, been to Zambia, okay. South Africa. So I've got okay. a bit of the knowledge, but this was a long time ago. But obviously there's going to be, I'm going to say probably 99% of people listening to this will have never been to Nigeria. A lot of them never been to Africa. Lagos, what's it like? Is it just a big city or can you liken it? What's it like there? Lagos is like... Um... New York and and Rio put together. Wow. It has a huge population of say 25 million people, uh, commercial now center of Nigeria, the commercial now center of the entire Africa, if I would say. Uh, so it's, it, it's, it's, it's a mashup between New York and Rio in terms of architecture, in terms of uh, population, in terms of diversity in terms of um, the kind of things you, you see in those two cities, uh, um, companies, entertainment, people, more people, traffic, uh, <laughs> and, and, and those kinds of things generally. So, 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 so that's better to describe it for me. Uh, I've heard of Nollywood. So that's obviously the Nigerian Film industry, the Hollywood, Film the Bollywood, yeah. Nollywood describes it. And that obviously means that you guys are pretty prolific in the amount of films you produce each year. Do you have a number yeah. on how many movies there are a year coming out of Nigeria? Um, the, the numbers have come down, but it's still, it used to be over 5,000 movies a year. Wow. Coming out, coming out of Nollywood. Nollywood produces the highest number of films per year in, in all the industries. Uh, but it, it has come down now because uh, most people don't do direct to DVD anymore because of piracy. So, so people are then doing cinemas, then VOD, then eventually it gets to DVDs. So it's, it's more like the Hollywood style now. But even at that, the numbers are still relatively between 2,500 and, and more. Wow. Now, now you can tell me, because only me and you here, 5,000 movies, are they all very good? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, majority are like, are like uh, how would I describe it? Like TV movies, uh, TV movies. Uh, and like I said, most 
used to be direct DVD movies. Right. Make them DVD sell mass market, and and the the audience keeps buying. They're waiting. They buy like weekly new films, weekly, and over the weekend they sit down at home and watch. So so normally is the is the cinema experience a big thing in Nigeria, like say it would be in India, where the whole family goes to the theater, or is it like you yeah. mentioned straight? So but the movies are straight to DVD as well at the same time or streaming? Yeah, they, they, there are still straight to DVD, there are straight to local streaming platforms, and and there are films that go to cinema. And the cinema experience is the same as as going to see uh Hollywood movie, family, friends go to the cinema. And even though we don't have uh, as much cinema compared to the population of the country, people still go to the amount of cinemas we have. The amount has gradually grown over the years, but we still do not have enough cinema for the population we have. Nigeria right. is about 200, 240 million people. So, so in a way, it's still a growing, growing industry. Yes, uh, the, the whole cinema. Well, that's great to hear because obviously the rest of the world, this pandemic hasn't helped. Cinema is having a very hard time here in Australia. And this is yeah. a lot of help with, you know, a lot of streaming platforms. People have bigger tellies, better experience at home. And it's a bit more yeah. expensive, I suppose. You've got family. It's, it's, a, it's a hard sell to get people to go to the cinema. There was lockdown and pandemic last year. And they were locked down for a, a, a lot of months, like five to six months, cinemas were, were shut and all that. Immediately the cinemas opened around October. It quickly bounced back and between December and uh, March or April this year, we had the highest grossing film ever in, 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 in Nigeria. Either Hollywood, Nollywood, all of it combined. There was a film that was released in December last year that by April became the highest grossing film ever, beating Black Panther, beating every other Hollywood film that has ever been released there. And it was a Nollywood film. Right. So, so there was the real rebound of the cinema. Immediately they opened around October until now the cinemas are open. Your journey to being a colorist, working yeah. on some big shows. It wasn't always what you wanted to do, was it? So you give us a bit of your backstory. How have you got from the bobola where you started out and now you're a colorist? What was that journey? How'd you get there? Okay. Uh, I usually describe myself as an accidental colorist. Um, <laughs> there, there, there is a book, there is a book that was released in here in Nigeria some years ago, uh, titled An Accidental Politician. Uh, so it was released by a politician. So, so after his time in office, he now wrote the book, An Accidental Politician. So I call myself an accidental colorist. I was trained, uh, I have my background in architecture. So I did, I did architecture for like um, a year, a year plus before I then, joined uh, a group of friends and started a company that's a creative agency because i i am a cerebral person i i, I like creativity i like creating stuff from nothing i i like 
um, copywriting. I like um, creating ideas that will help brands and companies reach uh, young people. So we started this company back then, 2010, uh, to be able to use media, the new technology, to get young people to, to market products to young people. Uh, it was the era of uh, smartphones arriving and then social media arriving. And so we created this digital marketing company that was helping brands to reach uh, young people. And in doing that, we were looking at the passion points for young people, which is music, movies, the things in entertainment. And that was how we got involved into creating short video content for brands and, and, and all that, creating viral campaigns and all that. So we had a team of editors, we had guys who are videographers. I was the creative director, just managing the entire team, um, creating ideas, doing graphic stocks and all that. I wasn't really actually editing myself and, and all that. So, so sometimes in, in, in 2013, there about, we met with producers and we're asking them all the challenges that they were having in the industry. And because we were trying to set, set up um, a studio or, or a space, something like a YouTube space for young people to be able to come in and create content and finish the content within that space. Yeah. So we're, we're now asking producers and they now said that one of the challenges is collaborating. We're like, what's collaborating? They're like, it's um, the process of finishing the film after it's shot, edited and all that. And we're like, so what, what's the problem? What's the big deal about that? They said it's expensive and not many people can do it here. If you want to do it right, you gotta take it to South Africa or you go to UK or somewhere in Europe and all that. Like, so let's let's stop. But what, what were you shooting on and what were most people shooting on at that stage, 2010, in Nigeria? What were you guys shooting on, but what were the movies shooting on at that time? Okay, Nigeria was one of the early adopters of the digital cameras. Um, our filmmakers couldn't afford 35mm film. So... We were not even in that direction. So immediately the digital camera started coming out. Nigerian producers and directors and DPs were the first sets to start using them. So it's, it has always been digital cameras. So they were shooting and they were finding it difficult to, to, to collaborate. So we're like, if it's a software, why not buy it and then learn it? They said it was expensive. And the reason they said it was expensive was because the, the console, the Blackmagic console, was $30,000, and it was the main console. There wasn't this smaller one then. Yeah. And the, the software used to be $1,000 then. So when we, when we got back, we, we did the research, and we found out, okay, it's $30,000, software, $1,000. But the producers didn't realize, yes, <laughs> they didn't realize that you could use the software without the hardware. <laughs> So they felt it was expensive and beyond reach for them. And that was the aim. We couldn't, we couldn't get it. It's so expensive. So, so as a company, we invested in it. We bought the software, bought this hardware, $30,000, shipped it in. And then it got to Nigeria. Customs told us we're going to pay $10,000 custom fee because they don't understand what it was. They looked at it and they were like, what category are we going to put this? We don't know what it is. Maybe it's a weapon or something. We don't know. So, so we got it and then got our 
uh, lead editor to, to start learning it. And that was when I got to know about you because I was the one doing the research. And then I found your tutorial for version 10. Um, so we bought it and it came in a DVD, I think 10, 10 lessons yeah, for version it. 10. Uh, yes. And we gave it to, to our, our lead editor that, okay, now here's the tutorial. Go watch this, use it to learn this hardware and the software, and then we can begin to service this industry that is finding it difficult to be able to color grade in Nigeria. And that was how it all started. So a year down the line, uh, we, we now said, okay, now that you've learned, you've watched your ego video over and over again, you should be a pro by now. <laughs> can you start grading something? <laughs> and, and the guy was finding it difficult to still grade. He's a fantastic editor. He was finding it difficult to still grade. So I decided that, okay. So I left my office upstairs, came down to the studio where the console was, and I told him, go to the other systems and be working on them. I'm going to learn this thing. So I took your tutorial and started learning. That was how it all started for me. That was how I became a colorist. Uh, did you obviously must have liked it? I know you probably had to do it because someone at your company had to do it. Did you feel then that you were making good pictures and you liked what you were doing? Was that really hard? Did you feel it took you a long time to get confident in what you, the pictures you were making? No, it, it didn't. It didn't. I really liked it because, like I said, I have a background in architecture. I do graphic stuff. So I do stuff in Photoshop. Uh, I like color. I understand color yeah. uh, from my background in architecture. Um, so I understand lighting also. Yeah. Uh, so 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 it, it didn't take me. It didn't take me long at all. It didn't take me long at all. And it was it was fascinating and interesting to me. So it was fun. So joining was was fun, and that was how that was how I started. And you were creative, weren't you? An architect, you're a creative individual, and I think yeah. if you are in a creative field. It doesn't really matter what industry it is. You can definitely, you are that person. You either are or you're not, I think. Yeah. And so yeah. that was probably a slightly easier transition in for you. So. Yeah, it was. It was. It was, it was an easier transition for me than, than for a lead editor who had engineering as, as background to, to learn. He, he's fantastic at, at editing, but it was taking time to learn the collaborative <laughs> Were there any other big sort of post houses that we would know of, like UK, Australia, South Africa at that time in Lagos? No, there, there wasn't. There wasn't. No. There wasn't. And that, and that, that was also one of the things that, um, that got, got, got us noticed by Black Magic. Uh, when Black Magic then rolled out their training uh, uh, platform, their, their training program. We were, like I said, we were the ones who invested in the tax thousand dollars console. And in my research of trying to get us to buy the thirty thousand dollars console, I reached out to Black Magic, and they were like, they don't sell directly. That she talked to D and H and all that, so we had to buy from D and H in New York and, and all that. But in that process, I'd established a communication with Black Magic. So when they now rolled out the 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 training uh, platform. Then they now reached out and said, okay, would I like to be a trainer and all that and all that. And that was how 
and eventually got to UK to train um, to, for, to be a trainer for Black Magic at uh, Seoul in London. And, and that was how all that started. And that's how I became a, a, a certified trainer, the only one in, in West Africa. What percentage of your work now is doing training stuff and what is doing coloring? I do more of coloring because my schedule doesn't allow me to be able to create too much time for physical training. And I've not had the time to sit down and do video trainings. Uh, and I feel there are a lot of video trainings everywhere oh, yeah. online. Yeah. So so I do physical training like like once every quarter. Uh, I try to like once every quarter uh, to do physical training. Most of what people want to learn here is color in dimension resolve. Most people are not really interested in the edit and all that. They still prefer using Premiere to edit. Most of the editors there are, uh, are Premiere based, but they want to be able to color in, in, in Resolve. So, so that's what they want to learn. And that's what I try to do like every quarter. Yeah. Hey, popular. And sometimes I, I go to train in Ghana, uh, okay. in, in, in West Africa. And the demand is pretty good. What sort of students? have you got coming to your classes very diversified how what would you say yeah very diverse students uh, mostly young people uh, some working in companies some working in advertising agencies who want to be able to do their in-house color because like like i always say the biggest industry for for post in nigeria it's not necessarily the Nollywood industry. The Nollywood industry is big and huge everywhere in the world. There are so many people watching our content, but the, the, uh, there isn't much money and, and value in it. But the advertising industry has so much money that they shoot ads in Lagos and do posts in California. Wow. They have that kind of budget. Huge budget yearly from massive brands who want to advertise or who, who have them as, as their agency. So they shoot most of their ads in Nigeria, sometimes take posts to South Africa or UK or California. And some and because of this pandemic now, majority now wants to be able to do certain things in-house or within the country. And so they are now trying to train their editors into collaborating and all that. Great. So that is a fantastically, that's a huge, huge market for post in Nigeria. And they're they still looking for quality. Do you, do you need an assistant there can help you in your classes? I'll come and help you. We can, <laughs> do you have good beer there? <laughs> we can't pay you. <laughs> no, 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 no. You just pay me in beer. Beer's a nice, <laughs> nice Nigerian no, food. No, we have... We have a lot of beers. We have we have beers that do not even exist in other countries. <laughs> Excellent, mate. Mate, I haven't been anywhere. Crikey, I used to travel a lot, as most people know. Listen to this, mate. I've not even been down the shops recently. <laughs> we, we we have we have several kinds of beers that don't exist in several countries. <laughs> so beer is not the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to. Uh, we were. We were trying to do something in South Africa, which probably would have been the nearest to you guys, but we're always open to it. And because I'm like you, the the best place to learn is in a in a classroom or one on one with someone, because you yeah. just 
you know, even when I do training on Zoom and things, it's great because that's all you can do. But you can't beat the classroom yeah. where you can walk around, you can look over the person's shoulder, you can get them to share this or show their screen to the other students. You start yeah. to get this bouncing questions of why do you like that and why do you like that one? Then the yeah. two-day class, they come back the next day, they don't like what they did. So, yeah, I think we'll get back there. It's just going to take yeah, a while. We will. It's going to take a while. It's going to go full circle. And as I'm saying to people, the, the great thing is there's more stuff being shot now, both in the higher end and the lower end, the middle end. Everyone wants more content. Um, yeah. The good thing is they're realizing it's got to look good because the public, yeah. if something looks rubbish and a bit like why you started the color grading at your place, you know, they realize if it doesn't look good. The audience knows knows when it looks good and and even if they can't place their hands on why they like a, a, a film they're able to tell that okay this one looks looks good and so everyone wants uh uh quality and 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 that and that is also very important for the industry it's one of the reasons why nollywood had, had not grown as much as it should because of the kind of quality that always had but now uh with streaming platforms like netflix um, doing their own content. The first original series from Nigeria. I was really colorist on it. Bobla, when is that? When is that on air? Is that streaming worldwide? Do you know, or just yes, locally? yes, it, it, it's streaming worldwide because it's, it's an original. So it's streaming. It's streaming worldwide from the twenty seventh of August. King of Boys, okay. Return of the King. That's okay. the title of the, film, of the of the series. Well, we're talking about Netflix. You color graded a couple of features, I think, in 2019 for them, didn't you? Yeah. How did yes. How did that come around? Because obviously that's uh, they're obviously very high profile, certain level standard. And how did you get that work? So th those works were not originally uh, for Netflix; they were, they were for cinema. Yeah. So so I did I did those works for for cinema, but because of the both those works are. In cinema, those two works that you saw, uh, Sugar Rush and Merry Men, uh, one is number four and one is number six in the top ten highest got grossing films. So because of that, then Netflix then licensed them. You got some good looks going on there. You certainly plenty going on in those features in terms of what you could do with the the color palette enabled in the storytelling. How long did you get to grade there? So they're probably two hours. 90 minutes sort of features for cinema. Yeah. Do you have a standard length there that you would quote for a film? Two weeks each. That that, that was the time it took to 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 grade them. Um, that's that's around the time I use for 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 cinema features because most of them are always around one hour forty five minutes to two hours. Yeah. Um, and 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 that's basically uh, the time I I, I use for them. There are some very naughty uh, films where cinematography has, has gone a wire. And that's, that's, that's why I'm still going to buy your shirt. Um, do it, fix it on set. <laughs> so that, <laughs> yeah. so, so that producers, producers will stop thinking I am a magician. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> un unfortunately, yeah, we do say that a little bit. Are you, 
you don't get a phone call till they're struggling in the edit suite going, why can't I, why do these shots don't match? Or maybe we should call a colorist and get somebody to color it because the editor's going, not sure, I'm not sure I could do anything with it. I, 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 have done, I have done some really frustrating jobs where every scene shots are not matching. Every scene, every single scene yeah. shots are not matching. Yeah. And I'm like, God. Yeah, it's 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 tiring. It, it is hard it work. It's tiring. It's tiring. <laughs> Every scene. No, no relief. Every single scene. No. no, no. And you you think, oh, please, let's get to a scene that will flow, and I can grade more than five minutes in like a day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been there. I've been there, Bobla. I know what it's like. Let's wind back. So you graded those movies in your own facility or was this now with your company that you set up with your, your buddies back then? Or was this no, on no, your no, 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 no. Uh, I graded one, one of those in, in the producer's facility. The producer created a, a, a post facility and I graded the other in my facility. Um, I, I started a new company like two years ago, left that other company. So I started a new company like two years ago. So I graded one of it in my own facility and then did one in the producer's uh, uh, facility. Okay. So what if so you some got... producers, some some producers want to be able to to manage the the entire process because like uh, this industry, films can leak in post. We've we've seen situations where films got leaked from from yeah. color grading, <laughs> so. So some producers are, are very, very uh, uh, concerned. And then so they create their own post-productions for you to come and work in there. What have you got in your post-facility? What kit have you got there? So I'm using a, a small, uh, the smallest panel. Windows system is what we use mostly here so that we can build and yeah. expand the capacity. You taught me in your, in, your, in, in your tutorial that I will never forget. And I teach my students every time. Monitors don't make a colorist. They don't. No. Monitors are simply a guide, yes. a visual guide. But your most powerful guide, which you taught me, was your scopes. Yes. If you understand your scopes, yes. you can grade with any monitor, even your mobile phone monitor. Yeah, you can do. So, so, so I learned that and, and it, it has worked for me over the years because I've realized that regardless of the monitor I'm using in my studio or regardless of the monitor I meet in the, in the producer's studio, if they want me to come and grade in their studio, I can consistently come out with a close to perfect looking picture that I want, yeah. regardless of what I'm seeing on their monitor. And, and, and it's because of what the scopes can do yeah. They're hand in hand, you know, you have someone in your room, obviously your monitor's important because they're not looking at the waveform. They've got, yeah, to see, yeah. they've got to see something on your monitor and like it. Like they've got to look at their iPad on their own phone if it's remote and like it. But there are lots of people who are obviously not quite utilizing the scope. So I think because they look quite a scary thing to start with, you know, <laughs> see all these colors and lines and what's going on here. But they are quite important. Oh, to 
totally important both both hand in hand and you've got to you know trust your scopes and your monitors as well to be consistent as i always say otherwise you can't sell what you're trying to do to a client especially when you're trying to do some of these more you know out there looks like some of your films that you did that i've just seen there you know the more edgy you get with a look the more that becomes important yeah yeah Definitely. it is it is it is but you know i'm also dealing with producers here who 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 have a a, a fixated uh, uh mindset about about looks so producers here will just tell you you know so so film i want my film to look like that and Either their story works for the film or not, they don't really care. Okay. They just want their film to look so 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 they have a, a romantic comedy and they want their film to look like an action thriller from Hollywood somewhere. And you're wondering it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't work like that. And <laughs> so so you like <laughs> you explaining to them is like you're speaking above their head. So you and just try to, to get them that look as much as possible, even though you know it doesn't work for romantic comedy. Oh, man. <laughs> you, you, you have to do at the end of the day what you do to get paid. You, your job is, like, is there any colors to offer something else, maybe? Explain what might be yeah. better. But at the end of the day, the producer's there, paying the bills, yeah. they know what they want. That's that's what you got to yeah. do. Yeah, that, that, that's what I tell them. I, I I give them options, but they still say they want it to look like okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, welcome, mate. It, it, the, the thing that comes out of this podcast, we've all got the same problems. It doesn't matter where we are in the world. Clients are pretty much the same, throwing us the same challenges and curveballs at us wherever we are. <laughs> <laughs> now tell me tell me about the uh, the csi how did you come to get involved with csi and what do you do you like what it stands for and what they're doing i, I do a lot of research that, that, that's one thing about me i do a lot of research so one of the days i was being research I, I ran into the csi i think right after it was it was launched at nab yeah. I've always wanted to come to NAB. I've always wanted to be able to come to NAB. It was not at the NAB. I, I got to know about it and I was like, this is this is brilliant. Because I felt color grading is quite very important and it has it has been in the backbone. It, it, it has not gotten the right of place that it should have. And I feel one of the reasons is because there isn't an organization, a global organization that is pushing for those kind of, of, of realities. And so I was excited when that was, was launched because I felt it should have happened. It should have happened, especially for industries like Hollywood, where these have been done for years. So I felt it should have happened if there is organization for editors, then there should be for, for, for colorists. So I was excited to see it. And then I saw the categories and how to be a member and all that. So I felt, okay, over time, I will, I will get to be able to be a member. 
And so, so when I was able to, to get my references and all that, I applied and I then become, I then became a member some like two, three years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah two years, two, three years ago. And for me, it's, it's, it's important. It's, it's a nice way to meet several colorists all over the world. Um, and then lately, what, what has been happening in social media for, for, for Colorist Society, able to see works from different colorists everywhere in the world, inspiring you to do great things and in, inspiring you to see possibilities of how far you can push pictures different kind of pictures from music videos to films to documentaries to to commercials how far you can push them the different kind of things you can do the different color palettes you can you can you can you can copy uh, it's for me it's, it's it's a resource and it's it's interesting to see that it's expanding every day and there are different colors everywhere doing doing good work so and i know the organization can help push several things from getting recognized everywhere in the world to getting awards. Now there is two awards. There is the award that was started by the ICG, and then yeah. there is the awards that Baselight just yeah. just created. And yeah. and for me, those those things are no brainers. I I had expected companies like Baselight or Black Magic to be able to come together. With, with Curry Society to be able to do huge awards. There, there is nothing stopping us from hosting awards in California. There is nothing stopping it. There is, because we deal with the biggest studios, we deal with the biggest commercial. I'm really excited about, about it. Well, I'm gonna say, yeah, hats off to Filmlight for putting these awards on. I've just made a little film that we're gonna run in the next newsletter or sit on iColorist. Just trying to get people to support it because it's not easy. You know, people yeah. go, Oh, is it for me? It's for you, it's for anybody, anywhere in the world, four categories. That's how we're gonna get a little bit more recognition for colorists. Yeah. It's just slow yeah. burn, but slowly we get there, and people are starting to go, Oh, colorist, I know what you do. You're part of the yeah. end credits on a movie, and we should be <laughs> up there with all these other people. It's yeah, just taking yeah. a while, that's all. Yeah, and, and, and the audience is beginning to recognize, is beginning to recognize the difference, is beginning to recognize the work of colorists. And that's mainly because of what Colorist Society is, is doing. There have, there have been colorists doing all the big features in the world that people really didn't know them. But right now, people are beginning to see that, oh, this particular work that I always enjoyed was done by this guy. Okay. And it's because of what you're seeing on social media about, about, about this work. And mm -hmm. for me, that is quite important to let the audience know. And when the audience knows about the industry or knows about colorists, then the industry will have no choice but to, to give it a, its right of place. For example, if, 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 if there is a massive following by the audience of the kind of colors that, that, that come out for films, Oscar will create the category. It will take time, but it will happen. Yeah. That's no brainer, it will, it will happen. Yeah, no, it will, it will happen. It's a, it's, a, it's, a slow, it's a slow thing, but it's, it's yeah, still it's exciting times. Now, yeah, with, the, 
With the CSI, do you know many other colorists, say, A, in Nigeria, but in other parts of Africa? Do you have any connection with them? Yes, I, I, I know, I know uh, one or two uh, in South Africa who, who are also CSI. There, there is no other CSI uh, in, in Nigeria. Uh, I know one or two in South Africa. Uh, and I'm hoping that over time these things begin, begin to grow. Yeah. Uh, begin to grow. You could probably uh, have a, an African chapter and yes. get some colorists that way because that way you're in the same time zone. You could have Zoom chats and share knowledge. And that's what we're doing in yes. Australia. So we can't really travel yes. anywhere. We've got bad lockdowns here at the moment. But yeah. just Zoom, just share Zoom chats once a month. CSI chapter chats, and we talk about all sorts of things. So that, that's going really well. Yeah, no, I'm hoping I'm hoping to be able to do that. Um, hoping that we, we get more people from from Africa into it, but more importantly, we get more more Africans into understanding color grading and and, and doing it properly well for for our films production and especially commercials. Commercials is where the market is, but that market is not is not even. It's not even serviced by Africans. It's taken everywhere else. Yeah, but that's where that's where the real money is. Uh, it's not it's not in our films. No, it's in no. commercials. It's in yeah. those one minute, two minutes commercials. And uh, so we talked about cameras early 2010. So jump to 2021. What are the main cameras being used there at the moment? Is it the usual suspects? Every every camera there is. Uh, Nigerians are, 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 are fixated on, on, on cameras. Any new one, the, the Black Magic 12K is in Nigeria. Yes. <laughs> Any camera there is, someone somewhere has gotten the money and bought it and feels the camera will do the magic. <laughs> so, so there is every camera there is. Black magic, there is red of all kinds, from monstro to everyone. The the Merry Men, the, the film you saw, Merry yeah. Men, yeah. was done on Red Monstro. It was 8K. Okay, right. The yeah. the the other one was done on Red Gemini, Gemini it was 6K. So every camera there is finds its way here. And because producers feel it's the cameras that does the Hollywood magic, they they feel. Hollywood magic is done by the cameras. Well, it's not the cameras, it's, it's the handlers of the cameras, which is what I always tell them. Yeah. It's the handlers of the cameras, your DP. Who is your DP? I keep asking them, who is your DP? Don't don't spend too much on this camera and forget the DP. <laughs> Good. Good advice for the young kids out there. Yeah. <laughs> And do you do finishing or you just do color? Do you finish the just, whole film? No, I just do color. Just, just do, do color. color. Because, yeah, because most times, like I said, most times the editing process here yeah, is done in, in, in Premiere. And I don't, I don't edit in Premiere, I edit in Resolve. I, Resolve is the only software I learned from yeah. learning from you back then all the way to when their edits became very, very uh, advanced because back in version 10, the edit page was just for you to bring in an XML and then you move to, to color. Exactly, yeah. 
it was it was later the end it became yeah huge massive Ma- and totally impressive yeah but hey bobbler if you learn editing from me you're in trouble buddy you're in big <laughs> you're in big trouble <laughs> most times i just grade and then you have to do a round trip back to to premier and all that but now producers are beginning to learn to find editors who can work in in resolve reason being that netflix is particular about resolve that netflix wants the imf from resolve so producers now are beginning to look for editors who can edit in yeah. in, in in resolve and and then the entire job being done in resolve yeah. so he, so very soon there's going to be a huge demand for editors who can use resolve yeah because yeah. of of the 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 things that netflix is doing yeah it's got some amazing finishing tools now and as i always say people will always want to edit in premiere or avid for their creative side but the finishing side once you've got it into the color corrector and it's there everything is there yeah. for you to be able to finish it now rather than get yeah. it back out to somewhere else. So, yeah. I always ask these two questions to people who come on okay. the color tour. What's your like best experience as a colorist? Could be the best job. It could be a little music video that you loved. And what was the worst? Did you ever have the nightmare session that you just wanted to run away from? I've had several nightmare sessions, <laughs> but you know, you know the the good thing about 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 my work here is that I don't usually have most of the sessions with the directors or the producers, so they only come in once in a while, look at the work, and then and then go. But the the the, the nightmare sessions I've had, with, like what I said before, when when you have a job where every scene is not. It's not matching where you have different cameras used in the same scene, or even sometimes the same camera. And you're wondering who are the DPs or camera guys who who set up the cameras, and they are looking totally different. One is looking like day, the other is looking like night, and the same scene. Wide shots is different from close up, and it's the same scene. Or you're grading and you've done this. Oh, let me group all the close-ups and you've grouped the close-ups and then you apply the grade and then you're not looking through and you're finding out that the same CEO of a particular actor just changed somewhere along the line in the grade and you're wondering what happened here? So, so the, the frustration is those kind of works and those kind of works are more than the other kind of ones. <laughs> <laughs> do you so do you get do you get like a an editor's lock cut like a beforehand to have a look before you quote so you know how bad it's gonna be? Most times I don't. Really? <laughs> Most times I don't. You need that. You need that. Yeah, I need it. Most times I don't. I get into the work, then I realize that what was happening here? Yeah. No, most times I don't. Oh, my now, you, now, one. Nowadays, I insist on seeing the work. So I don't mind going to the editor's suit and sitting down and just scrolling through the work myself 
seeing it on Premiere Bureau myself so that I can get a picture of how bad things can be. Yeah, get a, what you should do is just get like an offline H.264 or something that the editors yeah. can have a temp grade, put it in the scene cut detector, cut it up, put it in your light box. You can then see the whole movie. You can see how the yeah. cuts work roughly. And then you're going to know pretty how bad some of them. We know there's going to be some bad ones, but that gives you a really good idea. Quick scene cut, light box, see the whole film, yeah. quick scan through it. That's that saved me a few jobs where I thought, no, I can't do your job. I'm very busy. Sorry. Yeah. No, nowadays I, I, I do that when I, I insist on seeing the job. So I even go out of my way to go to the editors and sit down and look and then tell them, if you want me to do this job, if it's not now, that would be great. And then if you can pay so, so much, then I will do it. <laughs> Good. And what are, you, what are you most proud of? What, what movie or bit of work you, you think, well, that was great. I love that. Uh, I, I, I love Sugar Rush. Uh, it, 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 I love Sugar Rush. It's, it's a nice, feel-good film. Yeah. And... And 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 producer was um, she 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 wanted the colors and 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 it was it was nice it was nice people enjoyed it in the cinema. I think that really helps as well. I know we tend to remember all the color parts of it, but if a film does well and it's a good feel good movie, then that really helps well with us when we yeah. think about it and we remember it and we go. Yeah, I love that. It was a great all-round experience. So I'll put a link to that in the notes. People can go there and have a look at the, the trailer of it and probably even get it. They've got Netflix. Bobla, it's been fantastic chatting. And I'm just sorry I couldn't have got across there and enjoyed some of your fantastic <laughs> beers and food. But one day, and one day, you're going to have to get to NAB. Yes, yes. I really would love to get to NAB. I want to meet all the CSIs that we see in their work. Um, I want to be able to, to shake hands with them. I want to be able to hug them. I want to be able to I want to be able to thank you in person. Yeah, for, we'll for, we'll get a real for, for, a real colorist mixer with people back in the room. Yes. Yes. Is, is what we're <laughs> aiming for. <laughs> We've had too much yes. of these Zoom stuff going on. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, it's been great, buddy. Thanks very much. You stay safe and um, you too. Have fun with your coloring. Cheers, pal. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please check out the iColorist website. There's loads of stuff on there apart from classes that are coming up. There's some really great resources. Remember, there's almost 12 years now worth of videos, stories, blogs backstories so there's some really useful stuff go there and if there's not a class there that you want please reach out to us and we will always try and customize something for you take care folks and i'll see you on the next one